welcome to the Hope City Church podcast. We're so excited for you to listen along and hear this week's message. We pray it inspires and motivates and draws you closer to Jesus. Let's take a listen. All right, we are going to, listen, I'm so glad you all made it here this morning. We started a whole half an hour early, and we've got to be out by noon today. And so we are just moving through. But hasn't this morning, hasn't there been a wonderful spirit, a presence of God's spirit in the place? It's been great, hasn't it? Worship was fantastic. Communion was amazing. Even linking our arms together. I don't know. I don't know. Like, how did that work for you guys? I was with Cheryl, who is about literally half my size. And I felt like we were like this. And somehow we managed to take communion together. We were together, and that's the point. Nicely done, Chad. Nicely done. Um, So we're going to talk about today, we're going to talk about uh, the Sabbath. And it was interesting how Chad started talking about Shabbat today, talking about the Sabbath. We are going to talk about the Sabbath today. Now, if you know anything about the liturgical calendar, does anybody know anything about the liturgical calendar? We got a slide that we can put up here. I'm going to show you this slide. Okay, this is called the liturgical calendar. And people like Anglicans, Orthodox, um, uh, Eastern Orthodox, Lutheran, Methodists, Moravians, Reformed Church, Catholics, they all follow what is called the liturgical calendar. And I love, what I love in this slide is um, the big green ordinary times. <laughs> like, like those, those are just normal times at church. Don't worry about it. It's just ordinary. And then they have uh, what they call um, Advent, Christmas, ordinary time, and then Leet, uh, Lent, and then Easter, Eastertide, and then more ordinary time. We are, and I'm sure you've heard this, we are in what a lot of people celebrate right now as Lent. Have you heard of Lent before? Has anybody partaken in Lent before? Lent is the 40 days leading up to Good Friday, where people who mostly follow the liturgical calendar uh, take time and they are supposed to fast something in their life. And it's a time of reflection, and it's a time where they are supposed to take something and remove it from their life, um, thinking about Jesus being in the wilderness for 40 days when he was tempted. It's when they're celebrating that, when they're giving something up in their own life, and they are moving towards Good Friday and Easter Sunday. If you've ever wondered why Easter Friday or Good Friday is called Good Friday, that's a whole other question. Because I don't think it was so good for Jesus that day, was it? It was good for us, right, Ken? But it wasn't a good Friday for Jesus. That would be a bad Friday for me. But they celebrate Lent going up to Good Friday. So we are in this season right now. And um, I was thinking about what, they, what it is they celebrate, because people will come and ask you do, you, do you partake in Lent? Are you fasting something? And no, because we, I, I am of uh, the non-denominational variety, and so I don't follow the liturgical calendar, but I do follow the practices that Jesus talked about, about fasting, which is what we're doing next week, right? And so I was thinking about how important it is to have these times of pausing and resting in your life. And as I was thinking about this, has anybody ever heard of the World Happiness Report? Okay, let me tell you about this. It's a real thing. You can go to their website, worldhappiness.report. And what this is, it's a study that's being conducted, and so far it's been the last seven years. 
And it's headed up by, actually by a guy from UBC, a, a professor out at UBC, and two other colleagues have partnered with the United Nations. And what they do is they go to 156 countries in the world and ask those people questions about if they are very happy, somewhat happy, or not very happy. And they rate the countries around the world on their happiness, and they put them in a list, in a in a top 10 list basically. Now you'll see up here we've got a top 10 list. These are the top 10 happiest countries in the world that was released on March 20th, 2019. Finland, three years in a row. I'd, listen, Finland, Denmark, Norway, Iceland, Netherlands, Switzerland, Sweden. I don't know what happens in these Nordic countries, but these people are apparently way more happy than we are. They have sun out. We have sun here. Okay, sure. And they have lots of fish. There's lots of fish in the Nordic countries. <laughs> then we have New Zealand. Those people are, people in New Zealand are apparently happy. Canadians are number nine. Austria comes in at number 10. Now I'm sharing all of this. There's, there's an interesting point I'm getting to. You'll see there that America is number 19. Our good southern neighbors is number 19 on the list. And they have been falling consecutively through the years. And this year, they came in at number 19. Now, one of the things that they measure on this list and the questions they ask them is based on the people's leisure time. You would think... That Americans, where there's about 330 million people in the United States, who for the most part are a prosperous nation. They've got jobs, they've got money, they've got hospitals, they have clean water, right? It's not a third world country. You would think these people should be happy, but their happiness is slowly declining. And there's a chart you can look at. I would encourage you to go look at this report and listen. It's not a report for the faint of heart. It's like chapters long. Like this is chapter six talking about America and why they're declining. And you can look on this chart and see America is declining like this in their happiness. And you can see at the same axis, the same degree that their decline is, is the same incline as their use of social media and internet. And what they're finding is that Americans are becoming less and less happy because they are spending more and more time, their free time, their leisure time, either playing video games, either looking at social media, or either texting. And this year, they released a stat saying that 45% of adolescents and young adults said uh, that their phone was constantly in their hands and on. And it had gone from 95% in 2018 to now it's just gone to almost constantly. And what they are seeing is this direct correlation between the amount of time these people are spending staring at their phone uh, increasing with their decline in happiness. And what I find interesting about that is because this is how these people are spending their free time and their leisure time. I got a few spare minutes here, so I'm going to pull up my phone and take a scroll through uh, Instagram or Facebook or whatever social media platform you love to use. And what happens is the Apostle Paul says this, and I love this scripture. He says, when you compare yourselves amongst yourselves, does anybody know the rest of this verse? You become unwise. 
And what is happening in our day and our age is we are taking all of our free time. We're taking all that spare energy we have that we should be just relaxing and enjoying people face to face. So nice to see you all today. Hi, what's your name? Oh, you're a real live person in front of me. I can talk to you. There's not a like button I'm supposed to push on you. I know. We're going somewhere. We're going somewhere, don't worry. And they're seeing this correlation between the, the, the comparison and the use on social media with this downgrade in happiness. And I've been thinking about Sabbath and how important the Sabbath is in our lives. And a lot of us may not even know what the word Sabbath means. When somebody says Sabbath, you, you may think that just means another word for Sunday. Oh, Sabbath, that's the Hebrew word for Sunday. That's the day you go to church. Some of you here may know that Sabbath means Shabbat, like Chad was talking about. And we're going to look at this. We're going to talk about what the Sabbath is and what its intention for you is and how you are supposed to embrace the Sabbath in your life. And let me just say this right off the bat. For those of you who can never sit still and are always finding something either good or neutral to do with your time you're like i've got to do this for jesus i've got to do that for jesus i've got to do this in your busyness could you be saying that god can't move without your help i think in some ways you could be saying that because here's the truth of the matter god can and will and does move whether you're involved or not and he realizes for you to be at your best, to have something to give away to others like we're called to do, there has to be rest in your soul. So let's go to Genesis chapter 2 and let's look at this together. We're going to look at what is the Sabbath. So Genesis chapter 2, which is what we all know is the very beginning of the Bible. Well, Genesis chapter 1 is, but this is the same story. So Genesis chapter 2, starting in verse 1, this is the end of what we call the creation account, when God was putting together the earth. And he said, so the creation of the heavens and the earth and everything in them was completed. On the seventh day, God had finished his work from creation, so he rested from all of his work. Everybody say, God rested. Mm-hmm. And then he blessed the seventh day and he declared it holy because it was the day he rested from all his work of creation. Can we just pause for a second and realize that God blessed a day and called it holy because he rested? Some of you need to understand and realize that rest is holy. That God has not only ordained it, but God has blessed it for you in your life. God wants you to rest. Listen, I don't know what you think about yourself. I don't know what kind of amazing superpowers you think you have. But here is the sad fact of reality. We are running headlong to collapse because we are going 24-7 trying to do everything. And you were not made to function in that capacity. You've only got so much capacity before you need to rest, refresh, and recharge. 
God knows it. And at the very beginning, when he set things into motion and when he created systems and structures for how you and me are supposed to live life, the first thing he does is comes along and creates a day of rest and calls it holy and blesses it. So just to be clear, let's look at what these words in the Hebrew actually mean. When it says God rested, that's where we get the word Shabbat from. And it means to repose. That is to desist. Desist is a real big word for stop. Cease and desist. Desist from exertion. That's another fancy word for working, for sweating, for doing something. To cease, and I like this part, to celebrate. God wants you to celebrate on your day of rest. That's an interesting thought, isn't it? To leave, to put away, to put something down, to make, to rest, or to rid yourself, to be still, and to take away. I don't know about you, but the picture that I am getting from this definition of when God rested is that he wants you to rest. Repose, the noun version of the word repose means rest and a state of tranquility. The verb of repose means to <sighs> lean back, just relax, lay down, take a nap. Look at the stars, look at the sun, look at your grass growing, look at your friends, look at your family, look at your neighbors while they're across the fence mowing their lawn, letting their dogs out, doing whatever it is they do. But repose means to rest. And this is what God did. This is when it says God rested, this is what he did. Now let's see what that word holy means. It's kadash, and it means to be clean, appoint, consecrate, and dedicate. So hear me now. It's pretty clear that God doesn't want you just to rest, but he has ordained it for you to rest. That he has made it clear that you are to rest. He has called it holy. He has called it clean. It's okay to rest. It's okay to take a break. It's okay to recharge. Because he's appointed it, he's consecrated it, and he's dedicated a time for you to do that. So I'm going to show you three sections of verses. I'm going to make three points out of those three verses. And the first point is this one. That the day of rest, the Sabbath, is holy. It is okay to rest. I want you to give yourself permission to rest. I know it's hard. I know some of us have to go, 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 go. you got to be on all the time. But in reality, that's not what God desires for us. He desires you to work. Yes, he tells us there's six days in the week to work, and the seventh day is a day of rest. He wants you to rest and be your best and be recharged and be refreshed. It's almost like a wrap, but not quite as good. Sabbath is holy. Let's go to this next section of Scripture in Exodus. In Exodus chapter 16 says this, he told them, this is, this is what the Lord commanded, tomorrow will be a day of complete rest, a holy Sabbath day set apart for the Lord. So bake or boil as much as you want today. He's talking about the manna that God was dropping from heaven for them. 
and set aside what is left for tomorrow. And then jumping down to verse 29, it says, They must realize that the Sabbath is the Lord's gift to you. I don't know if you've ever thought about it in this way. Probably because most of us don't think about resting as a gift from God. But the Sabbath is God's gift to you. God desires you to rest. God desires you to be refreshed and be in a calm, tranquil state of mind so that when he calls you out to work, you are fresh and ready to go. How many times have you had to do something in life and you were exhausted and things keep getting piled on over and over and over and you feel like you are weary beyond all recognition. You feel like, I can't do this. I'm so tired. I can't keep going. But the jobs keep coming and they keep coming and they keep coming. God is saying, listen, it is okay for you to take a pause, to take a beat, to take a knee and sit down and rest. Repose. Lean back. Enjoy. Look around. Celebrate. This is God's gift to you. Let's look at one more section of scripture here. Exodus 23, 12. You got six days every week for your ordinary work. But on the seventh day, you've got to stop working. This gives your ox and your donkey a chance to rest. Next verse says, it also allows your slaves and the foreigners living among you to be refreshed. Now listen. I don't know about you guys, I don't have ox, I don't have donkeys, I don't have slaves, and I don't have foreigners living among me. But I'm going to take this verse for me. And what does he say? It says, it allows you to be rested and refreshed. The Sabbath is a time of resting and refreshing for you. What are we seeing? Number one, God created it at the very beginning in Genesis chapter 2. And he called it holy and he set it apart. Right? He calls it holy for you. Now we're seeing, what's number two say? It's a gift from him, like it said in chapter 23. It's a gift from God for you. God wants you to rest. God wants you to be refreshed. And the last thing we see here is that it's rest and it's refreshing for you. This is what God desires for each of us. To be rested, to be refreshed. Refreshed? It's a new word, go with it. Don't worry about it. God doesn't want you wore out and tired. What does this look like in our lives naturally? How does this apply today? This is all Old Testament. We're looking at Genesis and we're looking at Exodus. But what does this look like naturally? Well, in Luke chapter 10, we see the great story of Mary and Martha. Right? Jesus goes into Martha's home. And Martha's running around doing all kinds of stuff. It says in verse 38, Jesus and the disciples continued on their way to Jerusalem. They came to a certain village where a woman named Martha welcomed them into her home, doing the right thing. Jesus is here. I'm going to let Jesus come into my house. So Jesus, come on in, man. Come in. I want you to come hang out with us. I want you to have food at my home. I want my house to be clean. So come in. Verse 39 says this. Her sister, Mary, sat at the Lord's feet listening to what he taught. Verse 40 says, Martha was distracted by the big dinner she was preparing, and she came to Jesus and said, man, this is not fair. Right? She said, this is not fair, Jesus. Doesn't it seem unfair to you that my sister is just sitting here while I do all the work? Tell her to come and help me. Now, hang on a second. 
Jesus is in the house. Jesus is in the house. And I want to tell you today that Jesus comes into your house. Jesus is where you're at. Jesus is in your home. He's in your car. He's hanging out with your family when you're having a picnic, having KFC. He's with you at IHOP. Maybe you love those International House pancakes. I don't know. Jesus is always with you. When you have your friends over, Jesus is there. Martha has got to make everything look perfect. She's back there. She's sweeping the floor, getting those dust bunnies from under the, under the table. There's like, oh, Jesus is going to come in my house. He's going to come look under every table. He's going to look and see when the last time I dusted was. Jesus is going to walk around with his finger, his white glove, and be like, mm-hmm. okay, Martha. You expect me to stay in this house? I don't think so. This place is disgusting. I will not even sit here, woman. I'm going to stand outside. You can clean this house. Martha is running around making sure everything is perfect for Jesus making sure her quesadillas she's making are just right. The cheese is melted perfectly and the tortillas, because they had Mexican food back there, so it's okay. <laughs> she's making sure everything's just right. But Mary, what's Mary doing? Mary, Jesus is sitting down. I, I don't know what he was sitting on, probably re- reposing at a table. And Mary is sitting there listening to him. Just eating up every word that Jesus is saying. Listening to him, probably asking questions, probably having conversations. What about this, Jesus? What about that? Okay, you said this, but what about that? Hmm, that's interesting. That's an interesting thought. Just being with him, maybe just listening to him. Maybe not even asking questions. Maybe just being there with him and saying, I want to hear you talk. The Bible says that she was just sitting at Jesus' feet. And Martha is running around like crazy, making sure everything's just right. All the table is set, and all the forks and knives and the napkins and the cups are out there, and they look just the way they're supposed to. She comes and gets Jesus, and she's like, Jesus, this isn't fair. It's not fair that I'm doing all the work, and Mary is just sitting at your feet while you're talking to her. I'm so angry right now. Jesus said, you know what? You're right, Martha. Yeah, you're totally right. Mary, get up and go to work. I'm so tired of looking at your face. Go help set the dinner table. Your sister does everything all the time, and I want you to go help. And that's the end of the story. That's not what Jesus said to her. Next verse says, the Lord said to her, my dear Martha, you're worried and upset over all these details. There's only one thing uh, worth being concerned about. Mary has discovered it, and it will not be taken away from her. And what was that one thing that was worth being worried and concerned about? Or being concerned about, not worried. That one thing was being at the feet of Jesus. What happens when you're at the feet of Jesus? You are rested. You're refreshed. You're made whole. You celebrate him. You are partaking in some way in the Sabbath. And what Jesus is looking for, what God is looking for, is us to spend time with him. where We're not running around as fast as we can, making sure all the jobs are done, making sure the coffee's set out outside, making sure all the signs are pulled up. Those are all parts of making church happen. But the really important part 
is coming here and sitting at his feet and listening. It's holy to rest. It's not just a good idea. It's not just an excuse. Well, I need to rest. It's holy. It really is holy. It really is ordained and set apart by God for you to have that rest. He really does want you rested and refreshed. It's not just an excuse to get out of doing jobs. Oh, it's my Sabbath. Don't bother me. It is something that he earnestly desires for you. I try to practice the Sabbath in my life. I do things practically. I do things like I put my phone on do not disturb mode at certain parts of the day because I need to quiet down. I need to not look at emails and I need to not respond to texts. I need when I get up in the morning not to be my first thought looking at texts that I got over the night saying, okay, you need to take care of this and what about this and what about that. I need my first thoughts to be about God. And I don't know about you, but when I grab my phone and the first thing I see is all these problems that I got to deal with, my mind takes off. And it's really hard to rein it back in and be like, whoa, I got to stop. I got to go and sit at Jesus' feet and wait to hear what he's saying to me because this is where I draw my life from. I don't draw life from solving problems. I don't draw life from answering questions or replying to emails or figuring out who's going to do what, when, where, and how. In fact, those things take life from me in some ways. But I draw my life from being in his presence, sitting at his feet, letting him speak to me and talk to me. And my point today is to hopefully share that with you. Thinking about that report for the world and the levels of happiness around the world overall are decreasing. And it's because we're taking all of our free time and spending it looking at our phones and thinking about other people and issues we have to solve all the time. When God is wanting to be in your life and bring the life and the healing and the encouragement and the refreshing and the rest that you need that only comes from his presence. Facebook is never going to bring you rest. Instagram will never bring you the hope and the rest and the refreshing and the holiness that you need. That only comes from sitting at his feet. Stand up with me. I'm going to stand up. You stand up. Let's all stand up together. Jen may talk some more about this at the end of the month, and she will do a much more detailed and a much more thorough job than me. But today I'm just planting the seed in you that it's okay to rest. And it's more than okay. Like it's not just like, yeah, it's okay. It's required. God wants you to have that rest. God wants you to be refreshed. God wants you to be ready to go for when he calls you out. God doesn't want to call out the tired horses to go run the race. A tired horse is not going to go nearly as fast 
and nearly as far as a horse that has been corralled and has been fed and has been brushed off. His coat's been made to look nice. He's had some downtime. Put that horse in a stall and it's gonna run the race. The tired horse may just sit down. God wants you ready to go for when he comes to you and says, Mike, I want you to do this. I want you to go over here, say this, do this, put your hand to this. And Mike can say, yeah, I'm ready to go. I've been in God's presence. I'm refreshed. I've rested. When God tells Glenn, Glenn, go say this. I got this job for you to do. I got this person I want you to go and minister to. Instead of being exhausted and saying, oh man, I'm so tired. I've been working 24-7. I can't do this. I don't want to. I'm so tired. I'm going I'm to have a bad attitude about it. Glenn could say, no, of course I can. I've spent time in your presence and I'm refreshed and I'm rested. I have had Sabbath. I have reposed. I have leaned back. And I'm ready to step out and do what God has called me to do. Amen. Let's pray. Father, we thank you. That you are the God of all. Thanks so much for joining us today. We hope you are drawn closer to Jesus and that his spirit, his love, and his life are filling you right now. If you'd like more info about who we are and what we're doing at Hope City, head over to hopecitychurch.ca to find out more. And if you liked what you heard, head over to iTunes and rate the podcast to spread the word so others can hear too. And oh, one more thing before we go. We just want to remind you that you were made for hope.